Our theme this month was inspired by the fact that May is a month of graduation. Do we have anyone here graduating from college or from a technical program or quitting smoking? Oh, okay. Or someone who has a spouse or a child who's graduating or matriculating or moving on? Well, whether you do or not, we offer you our deepest congratulations and celebrate your success. This is a milestone accomplishment. When we reach out and say, yes, I can, and then we prove it, that's the way to go. And more than celebrating a graduation and the graduates we have this month, we are going to use the idea of our progress through the educational system as a metaphor for our spiritual growth and unfoldment. Our evolutionary process through the various levels of consciousness. So, in keeping with the graduation theme this month, we will matriculate. Don't you love that word? Matriculate. Into our own master's program in spirituality. Who knew you could get a master's degree in five weeks? Well, this month, and this month only, you can, and if you are with us each week, you will actually receive your certificate of graduation on the last Sunday of the month. Just as there are entrance exams to enter into the next level of academia, there's the, the SAT exam, the ACT, the LSAT, the GRE, the MCAT, the GMAT, oh, so many of them, probably more that we haven't even heard of yet down here. This morning, we are going to make our own entrance exam. It's called the LRE, and it will be an honest but gentle assessment of our lives to see where we are and to move us into master's level thinking and being and doing. So before we take our LRE, a few words about where our master's program in spirituality came from. It comes from the four levels of consciousness we have talked about in the past. Some of you will remember these. Why me? Mm -hmm. That's the victim level. By me, through consciousness, I can make it happen. Through me, you know, so I rolled that R. The Father within doeth the work, and as me, I am one with. Come on there, fill in the blanks, God. Or said a different way, the mortal, which is the victim. The metaphysician realizes the power of consciousness and therefore can make it happen. The mystic. The Father within doeth the work, and the Master. I am one with... Come on, get with me here, folks. Boy. And Jesus is our primary example. He's not called the Master Teacher for nothing. He was in absolute union with the divine. No separation, no division. And when a master sees the human condition of lack, limitation, disharmony, pain, he or she knows it's just a place for calling forth 
more of God in expression. It's just an opportunity to experience more of God. This is how Jesus could turn water into wine, feed the thousands, heal the sick, and raise the dead. When he was faced with a lack or limitation, he saw an opportunity to experience more of God. Now, you may think, well, this level, this this master's level is only for exalted ones of history, not for me. But I'm going to pose to you this morning, why not you? And you. And you. And you. I believe that's what this evolution of consciousness we are currently engaged in is all about. And that is what this month is about. So to see where we are, not to instill guilt, but simply so that we know where to begin, let's take the L-R-E. The L, life's challenges. The first question on our exam this morning is where are you when a life challenge hits? Mortal? Metaphysical? Mystic? Or master? I don't know about you, but I can pop to mortal really, really fast. Oh, why is this happening to me? I'm the innocent victim here. You've never felt that way, have you? Mm-hmm. I can stomp my feet and have a little hissy fit, or I can also go, usually after my little hissy fit, to the metaphysician who knows the power of consciousness so I can make something happen. And this is also the place that I go. I need to figure this out. I need to fix it. That's the next step. A very wise person once told me that if you are in the trying it to figure it out mode, you have left no room for God. That was an extremely powerful statement for me. Did you know that when you launch a rocket into space, 90% of the fuel is used in liftoff because it takes that kind of energy to break free from the gravitational pull. You feel that in your own life? Our lives have a gravitational pull. That's why it's important to take our LRE this morning to see where we are so we can be aware of that gravitational pull wanting to keep us there. And to free ourselves from that pull and to practice something deeper. It takes some energy in the form of devotion, dedication, and some discipline. Just like it takes the 90% for the rocket to lift off. We're going to explore this much more deeply as the month goes on. But for now, the loving question is simply Where is your automatic response? Where is your gravitational pull when life's challenges hit? I should have kind of got a nudge out of you on that one. Where are those where are you when those gravitational challenges hit? When the life challenges come, where are you in those levels? I want to share some 
Pretty insightful thoughts from uh, a prisoner, actually, a pen pal, who had some wonderful, wonderful words. He started on new thought in the prison, and he grew from there. And this is some things that he has said. Sometimes I can't help but to notice that even though I am changing my life for the best, I love it that he said the best, not just better, obstacles never subside. When I first began studying science of mind, I thought that I would discover some type of secret that will stop all obstacles from arriving in my life. So many people come into new thought with that thought. I thought that if I just did good things, I wouldn't have any obstacles in my life. Did you old-timers feel that way when you first came in? But now I understand that the science of mind has taught me that I will always experience some type of obstacles. But the secret is that I can overcome all obstacles. It is a wonderful feeling to now understand that truth. So yes, these beautiful teachings don't promise us a challenge-free life, but they do offer us a way to overcome those challenges. And that depends on our level of consciousness. So just notice, where do you live? Where do you come from when life challenges hit? It is so important to notice where we are because awareness is the first step to transformation. And I want to point this out to you too because so many people, especially people that have had problems in the past with addictions, will come through, come free and become a whole new person until a challenge hits that they're not ready for. And then they go back to their way before and have to start all over again. You are all champions because you have that potential to go back to where you started and leap out of it and say, nope, not again, and move forward. The next step you have is your relationship with God. It's the second question on your LRE, and it's about your relationship with God. Here's the deal. Casual spirituality will not produce any long-term results. I'm going to say that again. Casual spirituality will not produce any long-term results. We will not obtain our master's degree with casual spirituality. And yet you see so many people, so many times and so many different Expressions of the truth, talking about how wonderful it is that they are there for everyone else. That's not why you're there. You're there for you. When you're there for you, you help everyone else by their coming in touch with you. That's going past the spiritual casualness. What do I mean by casual spirituality? Well, It looks like this. We turn to God or to our spiritual practices when we are hurting, when life challenges occur. Sometimes, (laughs) that is the only time we come to church. 
This is us in the consciousness of the mortal or metaphysician. We think, oh, I need to get this or that. And then as soon as we get it and life starts going pretty well again, we say, okay, I can run it on my own now. I don't need these spiritual practices. I don't need to be reminded each week of who and whose I am by going to church. I'm good. I've got it. Oh, boy. So we fail to cultivate at all times the master's level of awareness. I am one with God. His Holiness the Dalai Lama says every problem is a spiritual issue. No matter what the problem looks like, every problem is a spiritual issue. Now, of course, he's speaking from the place of Tibet itself being a spiritual issue. It's not a Chinese issue. It's a spiritual issue. We're often tempted to think, I have a financial issue. I have a relationship issue. I have a health issue, when in fact what we have are spiritual issues. And the spiritual issue is that we think we are separate from God, separate from good, separate from abundant good, separate from love, separate from wholeness. We are not and cannot ever be separate from these things because we are these things. But when we engage in casual spirituality, turning to God just when things get rocky, then we get amnesia and forget about the truth. And so for the second question on our LRE, where are we with our relationship with God? Do we come to God only when there is a problem that needs fixing? Or do we cultivate that relationship on an ongoing, regular basis so that we can walk and talk and act and breathe from a place of oneness regardless of the circumstances and conditions that are in front of us? Where would you assess yourself this morning? An assessment with love and tenderness? Of course. That's where we're going to and coming from and moving forward into an earth stewardship. And our last assessment for the moment relates to our oneness. You may find it an unusual question to be asked here, but truly it is a critical question. It is critical not not just to you and your spiritual development, It is critical for not only the spiritual development, but in fact, for the very survival of humankind. The last question, the letter E in our entrance exam, stands for our earth stewardship. Where are we in our stewardship of Mother Earth? I recently was introduced to a book called Christ, the Avatar of Sacrificial Love by Torquem Saradarian, and I found the opening words quite moving. They are, the day when man, for the first time, felt the whole creation was the work of a great architect, that day a window was opened toward the cosmos. 
toward the future possibilities, toward future itself. Unfolding souls, as they progressed upon the path, felt not only the hand of the creation, but they also saw order and harmony in creation. They heard the the hidden symphony reverberating in all the galaxies, in all the systems, in all globes, in each atom. They saw a unity in all creation, a creation which was not a machine but an organism, every part of which was a living part with a special role to play in the totality of creation. These great ones respected nature as a great mother, and they saw in every living form an unfolding plan. They loved animals, birds, the lilies in the field, human beings, and they sang great songs of gratitude to the oceans, to the lakes, to the blue skies, to the rain knowing that all these living forms were ultimately necessary to carry on the sacred purpose of creation. I love that last sentence. They loved animals, birds, the lilies in the field, human beings, and they sang great songs of gratitude to the oceans, to the lakes to the blue skies, to the rain, knowing that all these living forms are ultimately necessary to carry on the sacred purpose of creation. Isn't that beautiful? But sadly, my friends, we have forgotten that. We have clearly, clearly forgotten that. You may be wondering what the condition of the environment has to do with levels of consciousness. What's it doing in the sermon? And those are fair questions. But in case you haven't noticed, we have an environmental issue or two going on in the world. And what did the Dalai Lama say? Everything is a spiritual issue. And it is interesting to note that throughout all sacred texts we are asked to love one another and to serve, to revere life itself, knowing that all life is the life of God. To truly believe from a master's level consciousness, we must realize this. But where are we? Mortal? It's other faults. Government, big corporations, the metaphysician trying to force him, it's going to be this way, or mystic masters, ones who recognize our oneness and it is simply part of their being, part of their nature to walk upon this earth, leaving as little footprint as possible. There is a group that is going to put out a green faith certification program. They started with it a couple of years ago. And we could educate ourselves on how to be better stewards, 
and then make changes in the way we do things here. And I know they haven't always been easy, nor necessarily popular. But I love the group, and I love what they do. Let me read you something about green faith. They say, green faith? What does that mean? What does green faith mean to me? It means loving our Mother Earth and truly appreciating all that she provides to us that not only sustains us, but helps us to thrive in our human experience here on this amazing planet. It means trusting her to provide. It also means not taking her for granted. It means each of us doing our part as a part of the whole that this planet is. It means being every bit as much of a giver as our planet is. It means bending over to pick up a piece of trash that I see in the road or in someone's yard. It means not being wasteful with all the wonderful resources that our earth provides. But even more than that, to me, it means being mindful in my own personal utilization of those resources. From how much paper I use and how I use it, to using public transportation to get back and forth to work, to taking advantage of the power programs that our electric company has made available to everyone who would like to go that route. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating things we can do if we get out of the idea of Oh, I had pizza last night. I don't need to go to church today. We get up and go and we say, what can I do? What a beautiful thought, huh? I've always cared about our planet's health. What participants in the Green Faith Certification Program have done for this person was to give that feeling of caring for our planet a boost into more actively participating in supporting our planet's health every bit as much as that Mother Earth supports mine. There's no reason in the world that was intended that it can't be a mutual thing. For myself, making it a mutual relationship also makes it a more meaningful relationship, and that just feels good. That's what we can do. We can grow. We can become. Whether it is how we face our call to earth stewardship, how we face life's challenges, or how we face our relationship to God, we are being called to more expanded, more expansive ways of being, of reaching out, of helping others and saying, it's okay, let's do it together. We are being called to grow into a master's level of consciousness where we no longer see separation, but see only oneness. Today, we have taken an assessment to see where we are the rest of the month we will move powerfully into that call. We will move quietly 
and confidently into that call. And we will be helped all along the way, every moment, by that infinite love of God. Peace. Thank you.